Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Matt. And my name is Casey. Hello, everyone. Welcome. We have a little bit of an off-the-wall episode for you. Um, Casey, you want to give them kind of what, what the topic of this is? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, this idea came from my fiance, Nate. He, he pitched this idea about 45 days ago. He's like, you ought to talk to Matt uh, and do an episode on which Disney property... So intellectual property, movie, something that another studio could have done better and which non-Disney property could Disney have done or make better in some way. So basically, we're going to do a little switcheroo today. I'm, I'm coming with a Disney property and a non-Disney property and saying, okay, Disney could do this better and someone not Disney could do this better and Matt's going to do the same thing. And really, we don't really have any boundaries on kind of where we went with this we just kind of we, neither one of us knows what we picked i think we're gonna have some fun with it i think you think so matt yeah this one's this one was a a, a stretch um it was it was yeah. really a fun critical thinking exercise and and, and it was hard it, it was it was hard so i but i'm i will say i am very excited about my my picks and <laughs> and i have like I, at least i like to think anyway interesting things to say about my picks all right. Well, cool. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to see how this goes. I like my picks too. I don't know if my stuff's going to be as interesting, but who knows? Um, so what do we <laughs> want to start with first? Do you want to start with the non-Disney properties or the Disney properties? Let's start with the non-Disney properties because I feel like that was the one that we both had an easier time with. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. So I'm going to let you go first or unless you want me to go first, it's completely up to you. No, I'll take it. So my non-Disney property that I would like to see Disney do better, and this may be a really cop-out answer, but I would like to see Disney take on uh, DC Comics. Okay. Obviously, Disney owns Marvel Comics, so Iron Man, Captain America, Spider-Man, and the MCU has been wildly successful. And what happened after the 2012 Avengers movie is all these other comic book related studios went, oh, we want a piece of that financial pie and decided to just dive right into it. Now, realize what Marvel did was they developed their characters over a period of time. And so you really got to know Tony Stark as Iron Man and Captain America and Steve as Steve Rogers. And you, you connected emotionally with these characters. So by the time we got to Avengers, it was those, those characters already felt developed. So they took four years before they hit their like big culminating film. Well, the, our friends over at DC comics decided, okay, well, Avengers do well. So, um, justice league in like two years and we'll get like, I don't know, um, Batman versus Superman. And we'll just kind of, uh, throw it together. And every DC movie that I've seen outside of a couple of them just has felt really thrown together and underdeveloped and just does not have the impact. Perfect example of this is, is a scene in justice league. In Justice League, it is the first time that you ever meet Cyborg and Aquaman. And they're in the final battle, and Cyborg, like, saves Aquaman. He's like, my man! And I'm like, 
did you have a previous relationship? Like, where, where did this come from? This is not, this, this, this is, this is horrible. And so I, I would like to see what Disney could do with DC comics because DC has some really awesome characters, some really awesome universes. There's even some of them that I like better than a lot of the Marvel properties, but I just think they botched their movie universe. Yeah. I, you know, I've never been able to fully understand the DC kind of, well, the DC universe, let's just be honest about it. I mean, they have, and I've argued this before on the podcast that the two most recognizable superheroes, I think in the world are Superman and Batman, those two followed by a third being Spider-Man, right? So DC has two of the three most recognizable superheroes in, in in just comic book, you know, uh, recognition yet the, movies that made Superman famous are 40 years old. They're from the seventies and the eighties. Right. And the movies that made Batman famous, my God, that whole thing is twisted. I mean, you've got Batman, Batman returns, Batman forever, Batman and Robin. Then you've got the Christopher, <laughs> the Christopher Knight series. Uh, right. So you've the John, then what is it? Not Christopher Knight, Christopher Nolan series, you know, the dark Knight. you got Batman begins, the dark Knight returns. Then you've got this whole DC universe thing, which just makes no sense. Ben Affleck is, is Batman. And then you've got the Joker series. And then you've also got the suicide squad and you've got the, now the reboot of the suicide squad. Like it, it, it literally, they've rebooted it and redone and, and, it makes no sense to me because they've screwed it up so much. And I think part of this goes back to something you used to say, which was sometimes you just don't need an origin story. Sometimes you just need to get right into it. And I feel like every time that they do one of these, it's an origin story and people are just, people know where Superman came from. They, they know that his dad was Kal-El. They know, like, like people understand that. We don't that need this again. Another, yeah, we don't, God knows we don't need another origin story for Batman. Because let's be honest, Christopher Nolan did a really good job with Batman Begins. I mean, that, that whole, uh, that whole tr- trilogy was, in my opinion, the best of the Batman trilogies. Uh, Batman oh, movies yeah, that are out there. I mean, it was phenomenal. You mean you didn't so, like George Clooney and Arnold Schwarzenegger in Batman? <laughs> I actually do like Batman and Robin. I do. I actually like Batman Forever, too. I think Jim Carrey as the Riddler was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, and, I, and Tommy, yeah, and Tommy Lee Jones. Name. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones as, as yeah. uh, Two-Face, I think, was phenomenal. Arnold Schwarzenegger is Mr. Freeze. Okay, maybe not so much. I did like Poison Ivy though. Poison Ivy was pretty good. I did. Li- I did like her. So, so I'm with you. I can totally see. You know, Marvel, Disney, they could take over that entire franchise, and I think it would be phenomenal. And because DC has had success in other mediums, I mean, you you look at the trilogy of Batman video games that came out. Yeah, were awesome. They were yeah, amazing. Well, because they were not based on anything. They were just their own independent thing. And I think this is something where, you know, I don't know if I was reading an article about it or if you and I were talking. I can't remember. But this is where Disney has fallen short in the multimedia part of it in terms of creating video games for Marvel. There's not really good Marvel games out there. From what I've read, they're actually pretty pathetic. The new Spider-Man one that just came out for... uh, uh... Uh, PS4 and there's the sequel coming out this holiday season solid solid games but that's the first one in a while yeah you know a franchise is bad when Lego can do it better 
And, <laughs> and to be honest with you, Lego DC, Lego Batman, I mean, he speaks, man. I'll tell you. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so. I don't talk about feelings, Alfred. I don't have any. I've never seen one. I'm a night-stalking, crime-fighting vigilante and a heavy metal wrapping machine. All right. My uh, choice for a franchise that Disney could do or do better. Now, what's ironic about this is they th- this particular movie actually did really well at the box office, and, and, and including myself. People love this movie, have watched it over and over again. I remember when I first saw it, I came in saying, you've got to see this, you've got to see this. And it is the greatest showman. It's got Hugh Jackman in it, you know, Zach Efron. Here's where I think Disney could do something and make this an amazing franchise. The movie itself is great. I don't think they need to redo the movie. What I would love to see Disney do is come on board and make this almost like an anthology series, an anthology musical series where there are so many people throughout the last 100, 150 years who have have been so monumental at bringing entertainment to people. Walt Disney included, I might want to add. How cool would it be for Disney to step in and say, hey, we're going to make a Greatest Showman anthology series and do a musical level event for a Walt Disney and his creation of Disneyland and the movies and stuff, right? You could do another one, you know, for, for Steve Jobs and his creation of Apple. Like, think about oh, all of that. Oh, I so want a musical based on Steve Jobs right now. Oh, you, this needs to happen. Yes, but do you see what I'm saying, though? Like, there are so many people throughout history. Uh, I mean, could you imagine a Mark Zuckerberg one? Oh, my God. Um, and, no, no, not really. But, but there are so many people People who I think that have contributed to history in so many ways. This one was, you know, P.T. Barnum, you know, and and let's be honest with you, it wasn't historically accurate. You know, that was one of the biggest call outs of the movie was that, you know, P.T. Barnum, he actually had some not so good sides, but the movie itself is a very good feel-good movie. The music is inspirational. And who does music better and musicals better? Then the Walt Disney Company, right? And so I could just see kind of an anthology series where you're 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 showcasing some of the the greatest showmen from the last century or last 150 years or 200 years who were able to do various things and and create moments like this. I really think that that would be a very uplifting series uh, that Disney could do. What do you think? This may be a possibility because uh, The Greatest Showman is now under the Disney tent. It is on Disney Plus, if I'm not mistaken. Are you sure about that? Really? Hang I on. I don't know. Um, oh, it is 20th Century Fox. You are correct. I don't I don't think it's on Disney Plus, but it could be. If it is, I know what I'm doing tomorrow night. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have the movie, but I, I, I don't have a DVD player to watch it. I bought the movie without a DVD player. Go figure. But... Uh, but yeah, that very well could be a thing that Disney does now. You're absolutely right. Now that they own 20th Century Fox, or they don't call it 20th Century Studios, is the official title now. Yes, looks like uh, mid-August is when it's uh, going to be releasing. Yes, yes. Have you seen it? Um, yes, I have. I watched okay. it. Um, oh, I went like when, when it came out. I saw it, and and I'm maybe not as high on it as you are, but I, I liked it. Like I enjoyed it. But uh, I, I think that anthology series is something that I would be 
sounds more interesting to me, to be honest with you. I, I like anthology things and I, I am loving more and more the, the Disney plus series shows. You know, we talked about prop mm-hmm. culture, uh, mm-hmm. clone wars and Mandalorian. Uh, Imagine- Imagineering story. <laughs> I, I still haven't seen that. I'll be honest. I'm so bad. You have lost your official Disney card is all I've got to say. If you have not watched that yet. Like what, what is wrong with you? You have literally had four months, man. Seriously. Oh. Uh, you know, it's my wife wants to watch it. And so it's finding a time that both her and I can watch it. And oh. um, that complicates things. But I yeah, but well, exactly. you got the baby. you've got the baby on the way. So she's going to be home. You'll be home. It'll be perfect. There you go. That's true. We'll have lots of time off. Uh, with no, better way, no better way than to, to, to raise your newest kid uh, uh, with with the story of Walt Disney. I mean, come on. Absolutely. I will say I'm raising my daughter right because my almost two-year-old, we have a Star Wars counting book. It's called Obi-1, 2, 3. Oh my and God. That's the most um, adorable thing ever. <laughs> it's great. But she can identify, let's see, she um, can identify Jedi, uh, Tatooine, uh, General Grievous, Imperial Walkers, uh, Ugnats, musicians from the Cantina. Um, Jawas, X-Wings, Plo Koon, she can identify, Yoda. She is is very, very smart. And she's two. (laughs) It's crazy. My favorite thing, my favorite thing in that book is the ending page. It's, it's Count Dooku saying, you've gone through this whole book and not once did you Count Dooku. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Hey everybody, Matt here. You've heard us talk on the episode so far which property we think that Disney could do better, and you're about to hear us talk about what Disney property that we think someone else could do better. But you know who does cell phone accessories better? That is our partners, Riss and Cal. Other companies try to charge you an arm and a leg and make it wildly expensive, whereas Riss and Cal give you great quality at a great price. And we've got a special offer for our listeners out there. If you go to fourfrills.com slash shop, that is num- the number four, P-H-R-I-L-L-S slash shop, and use the promo code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S, you get 15% off. And if you spend $50 or more, you get your choice of a $10 gift. All right, let's get back to the show. <laughs> anyway, back to the show. All right. Now we're going to go to the harder one, which is which Disney property could somebody else do better? Have at it. All right. So, yeah, I need you to bear with me with my pick because initially I think it's going to have some shock value. So, so hang on, strap yourselves in, everybody. Is everyone sitting down, shock and awe? I don't want it to be. Okay. The franchise as a whole that I would like to see another studio take on is Aladdin. Okay. Excuse me? Are you looking at me? Did you rub my lamp? Did you wake me up? Did you bring me here? And all of a sudden you're walking out on me? So I am including the sequels into this. Obviously, Aladdin, the first movie, you can go back and listen to our episode about it. We love it. We love Mm -hmm. that movie. It's fantastic. But then... When that movie came out, 
it was this era where all of a sudden Disney had hit this gold mine and now they were trying to create as much content as possible. So they released, I, I looked this up and I didn't know this until about um, uh, yesterday. Return to Jafar was the first direct to video sequel that Disney ever did. That came up in the uh, trivia because that was the thing that I guessed and it was incorrect because it wasn't the first sequel, but it was the for Yeah. Yeah, so so I, it was the first first one and first North American uh, as a whole, not just for Disney, but first one in North America. And so clearly that movie was rushed out a little bit where it was like, okay, um, people loved Aladdin. It made like $500 million. Okay, um, we need more of that. All right, um, you five people, just go work on a sequel, get it out and, and go. Um, and I look at what, trilogies can be today outside of Disney. And I the prime example I have is the How to Train Your Dragons trilogy, which is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Of non-Disney trilogies, it's it's wonderful. that Those three movies are really, really good. And so I wonder what would happen if a studio could take today Aladdin, those three movies, because Aladdin 3 as well is way better than the second one, partly because Robin Williams is back. But the story is just a little bit more interesting. I like the music a lot better. It's very fun. What would it look like to take those three movies and create three blockbuster films with actual care and not just, oh, shoot, this made a lot of money. Quick, get more out. Now, would, would these be animated or would these be live action? Honestly, I, I, either one. I'm I'm okay. up for seeing. I'm up for seeing a computer. Kind of like give it the Lord of the Rings or Hobbit treatment, kind of. Yeah, a little bit like that. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a really live action Aladdin that that went on this grand adventure. I think there'd be some cool things you could do. But with animation nowadays versus animation in 1992 there'd be some very cool things you could do from a computer generated standpoint. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, it almost kind of reminds, you know, the, the live action part of it, it almost kind of reminds me of what they tried to do a little bit with Prince of Persia about 10 years ago. You know, they, <laughs> I've never that, seen that, that movie in theaters. Well, well, yeah, I don't think I, I don't know if I saw that in theaters or not, cause that was based off of a video game. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Now was that Disney? Yeah, it was absolutely. Okay. And it flopped. It flopped because oh, yeah. that one that one flopped, and then there was that other one. John, was it John Carter? I think. Oh, that, that, that was flopped that was even more. Yeah, like, but they, but remember, they wanted to really try to make these into big tentpole franchises. I, 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 I think it's, I think it's smart. I think what you're saying is good. I think with the Aladdin name recognition, it would probably go a lot further than some of those. Cause I'm thinking of some of these really epic movies that have been tried, they tried to get off the ground. Those were two of them. Uh, uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. I know they did two different ones of those, but they didn't do so well, although they were a little bit more geared towards that teenage audience, I want to say, or preteen audience. So that w- would you classify this as more, Okay, if we were to do it in getting it out of out of Disney, it'd be almost more geared for adults than it would really be for kids. Maybe, but but I think that like, in would order to make I, I still think it'd be a PG. I think that the ingredients of a good kids movie today is so much more for adults. I mean, you look at 
Tangled, Frozen, Big Hero 6, all these movies, they have really adult themes to them. And I think you could do an, an adult-themed Aladdin that, or that had adult themes, but that would still be geared towards the kids. Hmm. I almost would want to see it geared towards adults, though. Like, I think you could do a lot more, and this is going to come up in my pick in just a minute, I think you could do a lot more with the PG-13 rating. I don't know if you could get away with an R rating, to be honest with you, because I think that too many parents would would say, oh, it's Aladdin, I can bring my kid. Well, not if it's rated R, you probably shouldn't, right? You know, I think with the PG-13 rating, though, you could probably get away with a little bit more and make it a little bit more edgy, and I think that could be fun. I mean, I love Disney. You know, you and I both do, but it's family-friendly, and I think sometimes, you know, this is where their, their touchstone, I think it was touchstone, touchstone yeah. line, uh, you know, touchstone was really good about kind of separating, and they were able to have more, you know, adult-oriented themes under that Disney umbrella, and they've kind of gotten away from that, you know? You could brand it under Arabian Nights, and that would probably be your winner. There you go. See, Arabian Nights, PG thirteen, even rated R. I mean, and and R doesn't mean have to be R doesn't mean raunchy. R doesn't have to mean tons of violence and gratuitous, you know, sex. You know, all that stuff. But you could have elements of that that you can't have in an animated kids movie. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think a PG thirteen Arabian Nights would be like that kind of trilogy. Because I mean, clearly, I mean Arabian Nights is clearly a book. Like it's based off of 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 stories. So there's plenty to pull from there. And I think it'd be interesting to see another studio's take on the Aladdin story, especially if you didn't have the powerhouse of Robin Williams behind it. That what do you do to some of the other characters to make it pop? Yeah, exactly. Because, well, not just the powerhouse of Robin Williams, but, you know, the character of Iago. We talked heavily about that and how much of a comic foil he was in the animated movie. Would you have him as a comic foil in this? Would he even be in this? I mean, does Iago, you know, because, you know, he was a character made specifically for that Aladdin. So, you know, maybe he's not in the original uh, Arabian Nights. I've never read the story, so I don't know. But it would be interesting. I would like to see them build it from the ground up with that as the basis. Yeah, I think I just think it'd be it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see what another studio could do with that property. All right. Very good. Okay, my uh, Disney property that I think would be fun for another studio to take on. Very similar to your line of thought, um, except mine. I'm going a live action one that Disney produced back in 2004. It earned, uh, it was decent. It earned $350 million at the box office against the $100 million budget. It spawned a sequel. I need everybody to check the back of the United States Constitution for national treasure. How are you stealing? <laughs> what? I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. So, first of all, I want to say I love this movie national treasure and actually like number two the book of secrets i think that was really well done too it's it fell a little bit more flat than national treasure did because it's hard to believe that the same family the same person can find two world-breaking treasures in a matter of you know years well and essentially sorry i have to interrupt here national treasure 2 is pretty much like oh my uh you have evidence that my relatives might uh might uh have been involved in lincoln's assassination well better kidnap the president (laughs) Yeah. So again, I like it for the thrill of the hunt, you know, heist style movie that it is. Again, they're rated PG, so they're family friendly. 
I would love to see Universal get a hold of this because Universal makes really good movies. I would love to see Universal get a hold of this. I would love to see a Steven Spielberg direct it or produce it. Maybe a Joe Johnston direct it. You know, people behind the Jurassic Park kind of theme over there. I could see this becoming, again, a trilogy. I could see, but it doesn't have to be three separate heists, three separate movies. It could be a trilogy built around this national treasure and it takes three movies to finally find it and each movie reveals a new secret that builds into it and and having a a a pg-13 um or even a rated r kind of rating will allow them to be a little bit more edgy a little bit more again violent but not like you know grotesque violence but it would give them a chance to be a little bit more thrilling a little bit more suspenseful than the original movies were you know, a little bit more freedom with with who they are but they could build a really coherent story around two or three movies that leads them to this treasure and and makes it a bit more believable than than the same family finding two different you know treasures and situations the way they did you know that, so that would be my pick. Again, nothing that I... I mean, I loved the National Treasure story. I just think it could be redone bigger and better. Kind of like an Italian job or Ocean's Eleven kind of was. Okay. Okay. So uh, I, I have to say, um, I'm also a big National Treasure fan. Those movies are just solid. They're just fun movies. They are fun if movies. Yeah. If So if you haven't seen National Treasure and you're looking for something that's Disney but a little bit different, I think uh, Bruckheimer did it, right? Jerry Bruckheimer behind the Pirate series? Uh, he was the producer, correct. Yeah, and John Turtelob was the director. I don't know who that is. But yeah, Bruckheimer was the producer. Yeah, so it, it's it's a very fun, great cast. Uh, you know, Nick Nicholas Cage and uh, uh, Sean Bean are in the original one and along with a slew of other people and – um, John Voight. Uh, John Voight, yeah. 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 I mean, he's like he's like the dad. And, and it's funny because John Voight, in a lot of the movies I've seen, he plays the bad guy. He doesn't play the bad guy here. He plays an old man, kind of a bumbling old man. And they're fun movies. And honestly, the first one is much more believable than the second one is. Um, although they still steal the Constitution of the United States, which is like, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> but I just think they could they could really have a lot of fun with this. I mean, you could bring in you know, the Freemasons again, like they did, but a little bit more, you know, they treated the Freemasons with really big kid gloves. Think about the conspiracy theories that surround the Freemasons. Now you could almost kind of make it kind of like a Da Vinci code with Tom Hanks kind of thing, you know, that, that, that could kind of be the level they go. I love those kind of movies where you're on the edge of your seat and you're solving clues. Um, You know, Captain America, the Winter Soldier is another one of those. I know you and I have a mutual affection for that. It's a good fashion heist movie where you're solving clues, trying to figure things out. Right. You know, think of the Winter Soldier when they find that old timey computer in there and 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 we're on the edge of our seat going, what is that? Oh, my God, that's, you know, so and so that could kind of be what this is. Yeah, I, I I love it. I love the pick. And from a branding standpoint, too, that's something that could easily become a stunt show. Like National Treasure is tailor-made for a stunt show. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I'm actually shocked that Disney hasn't done more with it. But I think another another studio could do something better with it. Real quick, before we start to wrap up, because I know we're getting close to closing time here, I did have an honorable mention real quick. I just wanted to throw this out there. A non-Disney property that Disney could do better. And that is Hook. And ah. yeah, I, I, for the longest time, I always thought Hook was Disney. 
but it's not. When they were first planning it, I did some research on this. When they were first planning it, uh, Steven Spielberg did approach Disney, but Disney passed on it. And so it went over to Amblin Entertainment, which was Spielberg's company. But I think that Disney could really do uh, a Peter Pan live action sequel like that and really do it up. I mean, Hook's, Hook's one of the best movies of all time. Don't get me wrong. But could you imagine if they were to actually base it off of the real animated sequel from Disney and how awesome that would be? It would be really awesome. I mean, that movie's that movie's great. Uh, I, I I love that. And again, stellar cast: Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman, right? Yes, Dustin Hoffman and Julia Roberts too. Don't forget yeah. about her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, uh, it's closing time, my friend. How do they get a hold of us? You can send us an email: beers and ears nineteen twenty eight at gmail dot com. You can join up on our Facebook group, Beers and Ears Podcast, as well as Twitter and Instagram, Beers Ears 1928. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Again, this is a very off-the-wall idea, and so I, I would. There's a, probably a lot of blind spots we have in this because we we're we're just trying to think of something for the episode. Please give us more thoughts. We we really want to hear yeah. what properties either way that that Disney could do better or another studio could do better. As always, rate and review us. Uh, five stars, five stars. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends about the podcast. Tell your neighbors your family, whatever, any, anyone you meet on the street, tell them about this great podcast and uh, new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Absolutely. I want to call out real quick. Um, one of our listeners who's been listening to us from the very beginning, Sharif, um, he, he sent me a text today. Uh, today's uh, July 14th. So, you know, when this comes out, it'll be a couple weeks from now, but today our um, episode on a perfect Disney day dropped and um, he sent me a text. He goes, fun episode. Admittedly, I sheepishly felt emotional when I heard the trolley song. I hung out with a lot with them when he was backstage because he used to be a cast member. And then he said he's going to post his perfect Disney day that'll probably drive Matt nuts. A few years ago, a friend had one free day in Orlando and she asked me to plan a trip through all four parks. <laughs> and I had sent him a text back. I said, that's going to be one heck. What's that? Yeah, my anxiety is increasing as uh, you say four parks in one day. Well, that's what I told him. I said, that's one heck of a day. Hopefully she had extra magic hours to use and the parks were open late. And he goes, I remember they made the last Fantasmic show. So I do believe they had Lake Park hours on their side. So I was like, oh my gosh, that day just sounds absolutely exhausting. So I'm looking forward to seeing that pop up in the group. I'm sure he'll post it. But all right, my friends, let's raise our glasses. This episode has been on us. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you real soon. Bye, everybody.